Welcome to Bitverse Byte, a weekly podcast about the web industry, tools and techniques upcoming and in use today. I'm Adam Lustek, a web developer from Northern California and Central Illinois. If you'd like to help to support this show, please tap the link in this episode's description if you're using the Anchor application, or visit anchor.fm slash bit-v-byte to become a monthly supporter. First up in some news, there is yet another breach uh, by the photo um, company called 500 Pixels. And so they learned of the breach, presumably after they were notified by uh, a rather large trove of user credentials being circulated, and 14 million or so of theirs were included in that. So they are resetting most user passwords, but data such as names, date of birth, gender, etc., was available in that breach. Uh, so a little bit more than just username, email, and passwords. And at least some portion of those passwords are in MD5, so it's not altogether too reassuring, as that's usually pretty crackable nowadays. So anyways, if you had an account there, especially if you reuse the password on that, then now would be a good time to change that and any other places that use that password. An interesting quote came out of a Fast Company article that Danelle Dixon, uh, Mozilla's COO, stated that by summer 2019, the Firefox browser will also block, by default, all cross-site third-party trackers, strengthening privacy without your having to do a thing. So this is a pretty big deal for those relying on those trackers for various things. You know, granted, uh, Firefox is not quite as widely used as Chrome, but it's still a very large and widely used browser. But this may make a, a push for more privacy-centered um, a stance amongst the browsers. Firefox especially has been promoting that in comparison to um, Chrome, which, you know, Google has a rather vested interest in maintaining the fact that things work uh, in terms of tracking and ads. So it will be kind of interesting to see their response to this in terms of technology and how folks will get around this, because that's always the case. And, you know, what you might need to do to uh, kind of get better tracking uh, for your site. And really, this is a win because, you know, even if you're running a website, and I run many, um, and you want to know that data and want to know what's going on, at the same time, you really have to balance that with just like anyone coming to the sites I run and how I would feel going to another site, you sometimes just want you not to be tracked everywhere. So it is a good thing. Um, and it spurs the discussion of, well, how do you kind of balance those two? So I'll be curious to see what the responses to this uh, you know, is and where it goes from there. Facebook is shutting down the An- Anova? Anava? Anavo. Anavo VPN app. Took me a bit there. I think that's about close. But this is in response to a TechCrunch investigation where they found that this VPN application was really sucking up user data, especially uh, teens, uh, for this unpaid market research program. So they ran ads to recruit people for this, you know, promoting it as a free thing. Uh, and that I think you were going to get paid for it in some, or no, it's unpaid. So basically a way to get something out of it. Uh, but once you were in it, they threatened legal action if you were even to discuss it, even though they stated it wasn't a secret. 
And then the other big problem with this was that they abused the Apple certificate program to deploy this app and others using what is supposed to be employee-only certificates, kind of a way to dis, you know um, deploy apps in your organization without having to go through the wider um, process. But they use it and rather abuse this app. Uh, they certainly weren't the only ones. Uh, Google did this as well for another thing. Um, so Apple wasn't happy about that, temporarily revoked both Apple and Google certs until they complied. You know, but ultimately, none of this is a good look. And rather than get further bad press, especially with all the various investigations going on, they just decide to shut it down. And finally, out of some news, uh, HoloLens 2 was revealed at the Mobile World Congress. Uh, so this past Sunday, uh, HoloLens 2 was shown. And the technological advances include more than a 2x field of view, eye tracking, more gesture abilities. Uh, they touted vastly increased comfort and a lower price from the enterprise model down from 5000 to 3500 Still out of reach of most consumers, but getting better. Uh, the demos uh, showed that how the ecosystem is really starting to come together and that Microsoft really wanted to pledge for an open ecosystem. It's an important one. This means not, you know, not let locking people into these walled gardens and allowing further collaboration. Hopefully it sticks to that. Uh, it'd be really great for the industry if they did. Uh, but this looks really cool. Uh, now, if only it was affordable for the average consumer. Up in some links and resources, uh, there is a, a GitHub uh, repo by Alex uh, Pate, Alex Pate, uh, by Awesome Design Systems. And so really, it's just a really good collection of UI design systems. Many are pretty unique and interesting. And it's really amazing to me just how many are out there and how well-developed they can be. Great for some inspiration. Uh, so check that out. Another thing by Icons8 is called Moose, and it's actually pretty cool. So if you've searched for stock photos before, and there are many weird and strange ones out there, sometimes it can be hard to find just the right one for your purposes. So this is a tool that has a collection of models that you can place in the scenes to create the right one for you. So useful if you just can't find that perfect picture and, you know, check it out. And finally, uh, UX Wing. Uh, is a very large collection of open source vector icons. And as I'm always looking for more and better icons, having a great collection of vector ones in particular is very valuable. So hopefully you can find something of value in here as well and check it out. So finally, I want to talk about augmented reality and kind of where the industry is, where it's going, uh, what's been out there. And obviously, it was a bit spurred from the HoloLens 2 announcement, though it's something I've, I've watched with interest for quite some time. So what, what is this? So augmented reality instead of virtual reality, it's kind of an overlay of the digital world on the real world. And it's a way to, you know, put information in front of you that can either you know, interact with the real world um, environment or just be present uh, where it doesn't take you completely out like virtual reality does and replace your field of view with, you know, something completely made up, but it, it, it augments that, hence the name. Uh, so there's been various iterations of this. Um, it's been being worked on for a long time now. Um, and every year we get a little bit more 
you know, interesting demos and technology to come out. So how, how could this be good? What is the benefits of this kind of thing? Well, unlike virtual reality, uh, augmented reality really is a great way to, you know, not take you completely out of the real world uh, so that in many ways you can do things without being completely cut off. Um, I personally like that aspect more than virtual reality. Uh, I think there is a place for both, but having you know the augmented type of interfaces and uh, interest really helps you kind of continue to do the day-to-day -day things, but maybe more, more efficiently with more information. Uh, there are many things that it can do, you know, and we're only scratching the surface. Um, you know, a lot of the stuff that people have been business-wise looking at is. Uh, in the medical field, for example, uh, overlaying uh, real-time imaging, uh, information, um, patient vitals that kind of float above the patient and gives them a heads-up look right at that point. Some other cases are very much in the industrial and design world where like, hey, you're walking through a building and you can overlay like the pipes and uh, the plumbing and the electrical and all these kind of things so you can really see at a glance where stuff is, as you move your head around, things will show, you know, in, in the correct locations. You know, repairs and how-to videos where it's bit by bit showing you overlaid on the real thing, you know, what to unscrew, what to do. Now, a lot of training possibilities with this. So it, it's got a lot of potential. Um, I mean, obviously there's game uh, potential there as well, but, you know, what's been very interesting to me I, is the non-game type of uh, applications you could have or teaching applications. Early on with HoloLens 1, they demoed how like uh, the environment, like half was a um, Mars surface and half of it wasn't. And I thought that was super cool. Uh, a lot of the possibility there for immersing yourself, um, you know, in that kind of teaching environment. So, you know, how, how could this be bad? Like, what could go wrong? What's the downsides? Um, I think one of the um, best ways I saw this, and I wish I could remember the video, but there's a, a video a while back, and it really showed kind of the excessive nature that could occur from having this augmented world over top of the real one. But I think it spoke more to where things in the world could go rather than necessarily the technology itself being uh, you know inherently bad it was more of like this kind of crazy gamification um uh, everything it has a cost uh adds all the time over everything you're doing and since that was all overlaid on the real world you know it was just overload sensory overload too much going on you didn't know really what um was happening Things are tracking you everywhere. So it's a very dystopian view of where things might be and what you know might happen. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's inherently bad. So I think that as with all technologies and everything you're doing, you know, being you know cognizant of these things that could happen, you know, where are the extremes? How do we avoid that? You know, how do we keep a certain amount of privacy? Uh, built into what we're doing? How do we make sure that it's an opt-in type of infrastructure rather than opt-out? 
And how does user data, especially very personal data, keep you know personal to that person? So I think that you know it's not inherently bad, but it is something to be very aware of. That yeah, it could go to an extreme, and there probably always will be since that just happens. But it's it's well worth exploring uh, because there is a lot of practical applications, a lot of things that could really help. Um, and some of that is, you know, things such as accessibility, just opening up the world for folks that maybe aren't as mobile or can't uh, experience as much, um, being able to kind of do telepresence where you can cast your um, person, your ability out into the world uh, without having to go there physically. I think there's a lot of value in that, um, and it really does kind of bring the world a little bit you know, more together, a little smaller, especially if it can be done in such a way where it kind of seamlessly puts everyone together. Um, so, you know, when I'm thinking of the future applications of this, I think we're only scratching the surface. We got a long way to go, and as the technology gets better where it's even more immersive, it's even better uh, looking. You know, everything seems to just, you know, work a little bit better, especially with the tracking abilities of uh, your hands and gestures and all that. I think that there is a, a very bright future here that could benefit a lot of people. I think we have to be aware of the downfalls, but, you know, it's pretty cool. And I think we did get a glimpse of that um, at the HoloLens 2 reveal in that not only the practical future where this could just become part of everyday work and life, but also where the technology is slowly going. You know, it's always one of those things where, like, in five or ten years, you know, we'll be there, but, you know, technology does take longer sometimes than you think and shorter in other areas. So it's really hard to say at this point where any of it will go. But we've seen, you know, aspects of this in games like Pokemon Go or Ingress or, um, you know, the Magic Leap uh, uses the same idea. Uh, granted, it's kind of overhyped, uh, but I think that if they can nail the technology and what they want to do with it, it'll probably be pretty amazing. Either way, I, I think there's a bright future here, and I think this is pretty cool. So I'm going to end there. Uh, follow this podcast on Twitter at bitvbyte and Facebook at slash bitvbyte. Thank you for listening, and please join us next week.